Howdy, CEOs, and welcome to Pair Talks Prun, a Prosperous Universe podcast aimed at delivering you a little bit of entertainment, some knowledge, and insight into the happenings of the Prosperous Universe universe. I'm your host, C-Pair, and with me, as always, I have my co-host, Lex Ander, on the episode today. And we have an absolutely fantastic episode. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am. Uh, Because, as Lex just said a few minutes ago, uh, it's no real secret that, you know, we have been chatting about shipbuilding for quite some time. And it's become very evident to a lot of us, including myself, that, you know, we don't really know. We're always kind of rethinking, rejigging, re-kind of factoring our thoughts about, like, how we should go about shipbuilding. Um, And we kind of, we have some really smart individuals on our corporation that have been kind of uh, digging in deep and figuring out how this will go. Um, but before we kind of jump into all the topics that we have lined up for you guys today, uh, I just wanted to kind of introduce our host, Goli Hoff. Uh, now, Goli Hoff is from GTU. Now, GTU stands for... Goli, what does it stand for again? So, GTU is Galactic Traders Union. Um, it actually started uh, many, many, many... Well, not, not say many, but... Uh, universes ago when they first started it it was what was it called uh i have not been i i'm i'm a kind of a new hire actually with gtu honestly um i've been around i've been playing for about a year and a half and uh i got started with them right away i when i first got on i was like oh look at this this is somebody's gonna help me play i'll, I'll do that <laughs> so um but originally they were Pro, uh promotorian truckers union and then eventually they became the GTU Galactic Trader, Galactic Trade Union. So yeah, that's uh, that's what that stands for. And how did you get involved with the game? Like you said, you started a year and a half ago. And that seems like quite an arbitrary time to some degree, no? Um, I mean, I guess you could say it's an arbitrary time. I, I honestly, at one point, I was just kind of like, you know, I was honestly, I did a search for um, browser games. Because I was like, you know what? Oh, okay. I just want to. I want to find something that I can just kind of do in my downtime. Something that doesn't, you know, I can just kind of bring up and do and whatever. And I found this, and it was the exact opposite of what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so that That's, worked. There uh, you go. But uh, yeah, no, I found it. It looked really interesting. Um, I have always had a really big um, attraction to anything that is. Um, Anything that, that anything that that you create, you build, you do things like that. I've always loved those concepts, and so the idea of you know starting a this business and this universe and doing things and making things and shipping and all, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And you know, a year and a half later, I'm like, well, this is my life now. Yeah. Well, then, the, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty apt, actually. Of probably descriptive of most people's like experience. It's just like, well, this is where I am now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's awesome. One other, <laughs> and we kind of uh, we 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 were talking about it, and he's just the guest that won't go away. <laughs> but Dehaz is on the podcast as well. I forgot. I'm looking at the Discord here, and I'm like, oh yeah, Dehaz is here. Yep. I'm here. <laughs> 
You know, normally he just shows up in the middle of the podcast unintroduced. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this is supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, we've got a great episode for you guys. Like I said, we got some fantastic topics. Obviously, with Goalie being here tonight. Um, <laughs> so what are we going to be chatting about? Oh, you probably know. We're going to be chatting about shipbuilding and, and just kind of the pitfalls and and all that jazz and what, what goes involved in that. But before, we got some topics to cover before we get into that. Um, and we are going to start off with uh, kind of the corporate comms section of our podcast. So for the corporate comms uh, today, the first one that we're bringing up <laughs> and like, I don't know why, but I've obviously pissed off a whole lot of people <laughs> with my governorship of Katoa. And I'm like, okay, that's not my intent. Like, you know me, like at least Lex knows me. Maybe other people don't know me, but like, I'm a jokester. Like I tell jokes. That is what I do. Like I constantly am telling jokes. I constantly am being sarcastic. I constantly, um, you know, uh, have a funny bone. Right. And, you know, sometimes that can lead to me getting in trouble uh, with people because then, like, I might say something ridiculous. And Lex, who knows me well, will be like, oh, Pear's joking around. He actually doesn't mean that. But everybody else is like, does Pear mean that? You know, there, uh, is, a, there is a term for, for people like you. What's that? One term governors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep there you go bing bada boom bango you know it, yeah it's true um i i think the big thing really at the end of the day is like you know um uh as much as like i like and i was trying to raise taxes not extremely big because i was gonna see what happens when we do raise taxes to 20 percent, right so do a 20 percent increase across the board once we kind of understand what that 20% looked like in terms of profit, in terms of income, then we bring it back down, right? And as soon as we hit that break-even point, as soon as we kind of hit whatever that target that we were looking for, somebody was like, how much profit are you looking for? I'm looking for 100K a week. I wasn't expecting 100K a week. I was kind of expecting break-even and then a little bit on the side kind of thing. Um, and that mainly would be for sort of, because like how the market works especially um, and I noticed this as being the governor is you have to put up a lot of buy orders. Um, like, so it's not so much like a lot of people put up a buy order for something and then it's like typically that they get it fulfilled, right? It's like put up a buy order, fulfilled, put up a buy order, fulfilled, right? For me though, it's sort of like I have to indicate to people, and this has been kind of a new thing for me. This is something I've learned is I have to put up a buy order with the intention that it's sort of like, I I would like this. <laughs> it's an indication of demand. It's not so much uh, I'm going to get this fulfilled tomorrow kind of thing. It's more of a, hey, if you've been producing this thing, I would like it kind of thing. Um, and and that and that's been a new play style for me. But that means especially then that it's not, you know. And Lex, you were chatting about it earlier about the fact that there really is no end game. But I would dare say that it is freaking brutal being a governor. Because they, there's no hand-holding. There is no hand-holding. The game does not hold your hand for being a governor. And what I mean by that is, like, I can't see, I can't see, like, a projection. I can't see revenue growth. I can't see financials. It's very much like, 
here's some money. There you go. Like, that's it. Like, I have no way of actually predicting anything. And so if anybody's like, oh, governors get this dashboard with all this information and all this jazz, it's like, no, we are flying blind um, most times. And if it wasn't for Excel spreadsheets, we would be really flying blind. Um, And so it makes it difficult. It, It really does, actually. And uh, you know, I do not envy governors. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned in my very short, short tenure of being a governor is that it is difficult because the the game just simply does not hold your hand for this process. Um, Goalie, have you ever been a have you ever been a governor? You've been around long enough to kind of maybe take a crack at it a few times. Uh, no, no, I've I've never been a governor. There was a, a little bit of talk of possibly doing something like that, but. Um... Yeah, no, the, I haven't. Uh, one of the guys that's one of our guys is in G two is always the governor over at uh, Vallis, and yeah, he's he kind of inherited the spreadsheet situation that uh, the last guy, the last guy was like, here, have this, have fun, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, um, I was gonna say, yeah, you talk about that. That sounds like it's that it sounds like you need a spreadsheet for that. That's 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 the kind of the that's the mantra for the game. Sounds like you're gonna need a spreadsheet. Well, and I hate to say it. Oh, sorry, Lex. No, I just laugh. It's, just, oh. it's accurate. I think the big thing, Lex, you mentioned this earlier, but, uh, you know, I, and I hate to say it, uh, you know, you know, I try not to be too critical about this game because Lex is critical for the both of us. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, damn, but damn, it, like this end game component to being a governor, I thought it would be a lot more fun. I, I did. I'll be honest. I thought it'd be a lot more fun. But between people complaining to me, and the animosity that I have gotten because of what I've done, um, frankly, I never want to be a governor again. Uh, it's Steve, not. F- so I was a little surprised you thought it would be because the governors are clearly people that choose the role. Like people don't, people don't compete for it, and that's very telling to me. Like it's just it's a lot of work with not a lot of reward is what it seems like, from what I can tell. Well, and I understand. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. I was gonna say I'll I'll be honest. I'm surprised that the devs have not decided to go a different route with governorship because governorship having it on an NPC level would not only make the game more enjoyable for those who want to have a role in the government, but you know, because it's all it is a lot of management. You're not only managing your company and possibly your corporation, but you're also then managing every aspect of that planet. Um, if they were to introduce some sort of NPC version of governorship where you still have some form of, you know, interaction with it, but you could drive certain economic situations. You could drive in-game growth situations or, you know, story, even maybe story situations by an NPC governor saying, oh, you know, we we have this major crisis on this planet. We need this. And then all of a sudden NPC governor drops something and everybody reacts. So I'm, yeah. I've always been really surprised by that. That's a very because, good question. Because there's there's very little in the game that is designed to be, like, there's a certain masochism you have to have to play this game. And I don't mean that <laughs> in a bad way. You, you have to sort of enjoy doing it the hard way all the time, right? And, you know, I listen to UC Parrot. It reminds me of, of my experiences uh, debugging certain software systems where you're getting no input, you're getting no details. Like 
I, I what, you know, one time I basically I'll never forget where we were getting so little details that we had to stick like emergency debugging things into the production code just to get enough information to even find the problem. It's a hard way to make decisions when you get like one piece of output and you don't know what your inputs are doing and you're just having to manage it all in the hardest possible ways. Yeah. I think I think there's a strong preference in this game for having um, a high customization. Um, everybody has their own, they build their own, your, your own screen for your yeah, different Yeah, this is purposes. really cool. Yeah. And I think the other strong preference in this game is uh, players do everything. There's very few things that are NPC-driven. like uh, and only recently are they introdu- even introducing NPC contracts at, for like beginners and uh, people new to the game. So I feel like that's something that is they have. That is a strong preference that they have. And, and I get that. I, I will say that NPCs done right help add components to a game that aren't there. NPCs done wrong can totally destroy it. So I, I'm not saying that's a solution, but you know it it. I would definitely agree with you. I, I'm less concerned about the lack of NPCs, though I think that would be some cool stuff, as uh, such difficult user experience to just, yeah, it goes back to we want players to join and we want them to stay, right? And the, they're more likely to stay if there's pleasant experiences. So yeah, as much as I critique the whole player contract thing or the NPC contract, I do like the idea of, of making it clear to players what it is they're going to do. To me, it would just seem like the governorship would contain some information to make it doable. Like that just, the, the complete lack of information to you as a governor is puzzling to me. Like why, why they just wouldn't give you something. And, well, and, and I, I think about like what they could give me, right? And the big thing here is like a projection, that's what I needed. That is what I needed because then I could just go tick, 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 tick and get to the point where I'm like, okay, I've struck, like I've hit the balance, right? So instead of instead of pissing off people and being like, oh, I'm going to raise it 20%, see what that does, right? Because that, you might be like, oh, pair, pair knows, like pair knows the, the exact number. No, it is a freaking shot in the dark as to what I'm about to do. Like it really is. Like I looked at the numbers and I'm like, okay, if I raise this 20%, I will go past break even and I should be good. And then all of a sudden the population report came out and we were burning, like we're burning population. And that's cause we haven't over, like I've been oversupplying and, and, and it goes back to the intuitiveness, right? So what is the intuitive thing about being a governor? Let's, let's break this down. The intuitive thing about being a governor is that you supply, right? You supply all the resources, right? So what, what's your objective as the governor? Supply this, supply that, supply this, this, that, this, 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 that, this, 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 that. And that's fine. I have a, sh- I have a, I have a screen set up for that where I can see pop, 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 pop. But then like you said, Lex, you know, it, it slaps you on the wrist and it's like all these good things that I was doing, like such as supplying all these things. Like I was like, yep, check, 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 check. It's like, oh, you're going to lose population now because you have an oversupply of jobs. And you talk about uh, a system that doesn't give you like outputs, right? Like a system that you're kind of like, you're trying to debug something that doesn't give you outputs. There you go. That's a system that didn't give me outputs, right? In the sense that slaps me on the wrist and be like, oh, by the way, you have way too many jobs or way too much unemployed population, right? So you need to burn. So now all of a sudden, 
the intuitiveness just gets chucked out the window and then lit on fire while it's falling down. Because essentially then all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, okay, so my next objective is to not supply everything. Yeah. And it would be cool if they were like, oh, pair, just to let you know, you have a lot of unemployed population. Uh, ease up a bit, right? Like if that was kind of the thing, if they gave me sort of that output of being like, yeah, just, you know, pull back a little bit. Because the big thing is, is I didn't want to piss off people. That was it. That was, and it sounds like I've not succeeded in my goal. Uh, um, New governor, you're going to make mistakes. Like that's going to happen. Well, I'll, I'll get into that in a second here. I'm going to, I'm actually going to address uh, people in a second here. The, the people component of this whole shebang. Um, but uh, what was I going to say is, yeah, there was no outputs. And so the thing is, is I was afraid that I would piss people off if I didn't supply the things, right? If I didn't provide all these components, like the drinking water, the PE, all this jazz, that people would get pissed off. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to piss people off. I'm going to keep doing it, right? And it's funny because to somebody that's new to the game, if they if they had any kind of like horse sense and looking at this, if they looked at it, they'd be like, oh, this is a bad governor. Like they're not providing the things, right? Well, actually, they're burning off population. Like essentially they're like, oh, wait, we have way too many jobs or uh, unemployed population. So we need to burn some of the population and migrate them off the planet, right? And that's that funny enough, that's good management. That is and, good and, management. And that that might be realistic in some way. That's not particularly oh, intuitive. That's that's not a particularly intuitive game design. It just, it's just also yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but those the the equations and the formulas and the balance that's not well documented anywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's, don't even get me started on like you know what's funny? Go back <laughs> going back to machines and all this. It, it's very much. I, I kid you not. I'm gonna give you all an example, and you're all gonna laugh at this. But here's Pear's metaphor of the day. It's like I have a big black box and there's a conveyor belt going into the box and there's a conveyor belt going out of the box. I insert one chocolate sprinkle donut into the black box and out comes a croissant. <laughs> it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? Like, I don't even know. Yeah. You're right. Like, I don't so, even know how things are getting done. I don't. I'm, I'm very new to the game still. Um, and it's interesting because... Uh, there have recently been some governor uh, governor changes in Antares space, um, and I'm part of a, a corp that is in that space. And there's been some discussions, some you know minor discussions, um, as certain governors go away and other governors take over, is uh, whether or not we think they will do a good job. And there's basically two criteria that I think were generally used to evaluate. Number one, if they had a good corporation backing them up. And number two, um, if they had they were interested in the same type of population on that planet as uh as you are. So and I think I think one of those speaks to like if you have Part of it is, uh, if you have a corporation backing you up, then they're going to supply a bunch of different things. Plus, they're going to have that kind of like uh, diverse view of what we need on this planet. Rather than just supplying everything, you're going to say, look, we need more engineers. You're going to have more eyes looking at it. You're going to have more people kind of looking at that black box and saying, 
Well, maybe you don't want to put a sprinkle sprinkles on this donut or this uh, cupcake going in, and we'll get a we won't get a croissant coming out. <laughs> now, oh. That, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna... go. No, go ahead. I, I I'm pretty much done. I, if I may, just say one thing too. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed regarding the population, I don't know if you want to call them algorithms or whatever, they they're heavily dependent upon a zero sum situation. You have a specific number of population in, specific number of population out, and then you see the population changing between education going up, moving up and down, or not necessarily down, but moving up the population tree through education. That on paper works and looks nice, but that's not how governance governing works. And so I think part of the problem is, is that they're trying to make this thing where they're trying to make this box, like you said, we're going to use your analogy, they're trying to make this box that says, you can put this in here and you'll get this out on the other side. But the problem is the box doesn't work the way the the other boxes in the world work. It's something that they're not quite sure how it's supposed to f- function. And, and I think that's part of the problem, that they still haven't quite figured out how a population is going to accurately respond to these types of situations. They're just kind of saying, well, if you do this, then this will happen. And, and to add on that, there's another aspect of this where what you're doing as the governor has different effects based on what all the bases on the planet are built to do and what populations they need and what jobs they supply. So, like, the black box is different on every planet. It, I, if I was to express anything that I would love to see the devs do besides the things I've already stated many times, it would be maybe focus a little more on simplifying certain things in the game. And that's not, I'm probably going to run people off with, oh my God, I love the complexity. But there is complexity that achieves interesting problems. And then there's complexity, which is just confusion and difficulty. This sounds like that kind of complexity. Well, and... You know, you talk, Lex, about the fact that you and your friends really enjoyed those, like, long board games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Board games have rules. Well, but here's but here's a lesson I've learned from board gaming, okay? The most complicated board game I've ever played is Starfleet Battles. The rule books are in the thousands of pages. The best games I've ever played have rule books of less than five. It is a weird thing that complexity for complexity's sake does not improve a game. Good games have interesting choices, not necessarily overly complex mechanics. If the complexity of the mechanic leads to interesting choices, it's a great mechanic. If the complexity just makes it messy and difficult to work with, it's a bad mechanic. And I have pretty strong, I a pretty strong view of that. I mean, and if you if you look at what's really changed in board games in the last 30 years, there has been a reduction in the complexity of board games in my lifetime in terms of the rules, but a tremendous increase in the amount of interesting decisions facing the players. Modern board games have really fascinating decisions. They have vastly simplified rules. So the two do not necessarily go hand in hand. You don't have to have really complicated things to end up with really complicated and interesting problems. And that difference, I think, is being ignored here. I think they're adding complexity of mechanics without necessarily creating interesting and complex decisions. Well, and, and, that, and, and that's a problem. 
And that boils down to kind of a comparison um, for those that are unfamiliar. So Factorio, for instance, back to that example, you know, Factorio has these two great mod packs that are essentially, for lack of a better term, they are just massive overhauls of the game. Massive. We're talking on an epic scale. But in both scenarios, so they're called Bobs and Angels. And in both scenarios, Bobs and Angels, so one's made by Bob and one's made by Angel. So they're two mod creators, but they've combined sort of forces to some degree. Um, and, and it just adds uh, like oodles of complexity to the game. Like we're talking on like 7 million levels above what the nor- normal base game is like. But even there, you talk about complex problems, Lex. It's cool because then, yeah, I'm like building out these spreadsheets being like, okay, this goes to that and this goes, oh, and this has a this and oh, and, and that I'm like, and I'm diving in and I'm enjoying myself. I'm like, this is so much fun. But back to my analogy about the freaking black box with the population report, here's the big thing. And I'm going to go back to um, my time in Destiny 2. You know, when Destiny 2 first came out on PC, a lot of these console gamers were coming from consoles to PC. So we actually had a wave of console players coming over to PC because PC just, you know, um, a lot of the more of the competitive Raiders especially came over from PC or from Xbox to PC and um, or console, my pardon. And the big thing is, is they were talking and kind of ranting about the fact that there was no or the VoIP system in game was terrible, that that Destiny had a really bad VoIP system. Um but funny enough, a lot of us PC gamers were like, well, we don't really give two hoots because we all use Discord anyway, right? And so it's funny because in this game, um, and I've seen a few players like this where and it's, a, it's, it's a crying shame. It really is. It is an absolute shame whereby these players that, and I, I don't blame these people. I don't. I don't put blame on these people, but it's unfortunate whereby there, there is people out there that typically play single player games. And, and it's kind of funny that this game sort of leads or, or sort of markets itself towards those players, those players that are more single player orientated. It's kind of, you know, it's a factorial, right? Factorial is not a multiplayer game. Well, there's multiplayer. It's typically multiplayer. a single player. Pardon? It's actually a lot of fun. Multiplayer. Oh, it is. it is. Yeah. yeah. But it's typically more marketed towards single player and, and, and yeah, most players play a single player. Um, and so the thing is, though, is so uh, weirdly enough and oddly enough, a lot of people don't know about Discord as much as we might think they do. There's a lot of, I would call, sort of more uh, single player gamers out there that probably don't know about Discord. And so when they go to the in-game comms and they use those, then that's fine. That's good. But like that only scratches the surface of what we're trying to get across here. And so the thing is, is in, I'll, here's where I'm making my point. So you take an in-game comm system compared to Discord. Discord fulfills that role, right? So Discord kind of fulfills the role in terms of VoIP. So there's no VoIP in Prosperous Universe being an MMO. So people are like, this is an MMO. There should be a VoIP system in Prosperous Universe. It's like, well, no, come to Discord. Like Discord is the VoIP system. Welcome to Discord, right? Um, So that's the example. But then, so where I'm going with this is this part. So then we're talking about... um, population systems and i think has you brought it up that you know there's this population calculator right that there is there's a population calculator that exists out there but like how how mind-boggling it is that we have to use these like we have to build these like mind-boggling calculators to figure out all this jazz and i'm sort of of the opinion that we really shouldn't have to do that it should be very evident in the game and built into the game 
what does what, right? Um, you know, I take a look at like production chains, for instance. So somebody's producing fuel on a planet. Well, give it some time. They could probably figure it out, pull up an Excel spreadsheet and figure it out themselves, right? They could, they could, do, that's fun, right? That's a, that's a problem. And they're trying to achieve that problem, right? They're trying to fix that problem or, or find out about it, right? But this population jazz, it's like, good luck. Like you're just not. And so back to your point, Lex, I hundred percent, like, it's funny you brought it up because I was literally thinking the exact same thing. You know, they do, they need to s- simplify it somehow. They need to put more simplified kind of mechanics in place for these population things. Cause then it will be a more enjoyable experience. And I boil it back down to, then I got, then I get thinking about, then I get thinking about what comes the day when we have a space station, Right. And if we can't if we can't manage planets, how the heck are we supposed to manage space stations, right? And I'm guessing they'll be pirate managed, right? Like that alone. So they need to rework this whole system before before they start introducing these mechanics because it, it's it's simply gonna. I, I hate to say it, like the thing is, is I'm such a somebody who was like right, like oh, C pair is the face of the community, and I I don't see myself as the face of the community. Yeah, like, but I, you. You you have one of the bigger podcasts. I mean, not that this is huge, but right, there's just only a few. Yeah, you're sure. a governor. You're running a podcast. You're probably more visible than most people, is what I'd say. I, I think I. So one of the challenges of the game, right, is this game has really strong survivor bias because it just loses players so quickly, right? And it, it attracts a certain kind of player, and I totally get that all of us enjoy some of the challenges this game springs. I, I enjoy some of the challenges too. Unnecessary complexity is not a game winner. And I, and I, I didn't used to believe that. I, I used to love the overly complex games with all the crazy rules. And then I eventually realized that you can have complexity. So I'll give you, uh, one of the games I play is called 1860. But 1860 is not, a, not an easy game to play. And it's got some complex rules. What makes that game work is not actually the complexity of the rules. What makes a game like that work is the rules create interesting problems which people go and solve. And you can do that with simple rules. You can do that with simple systems. So like, for example, in Prosperous Universe, there is a very simple system by which you have a set of materials that you can make by a given number of inputs in a given building gives you a certain amount of time gives you an output that's a very simple rule but there's a very complex tree but that is a very tractable tractable problem as much as much as i think the tree might be overly complex it actually isn't a complaint of mine like it's maybe maybe you could simplify it a little bit and maybe improve like you could but that's actually not a major problem because as you're pointing out and as c bearers pointed out anyone who plays the game can figure that path out like it is the materials chains are there there the actually interface actually one of the best things about the interface is you can once you figure out the command you can bring up the materials and you can track it. You can work it. And, and you can you're find right. it on the map, figure out how to mine it, figure out how to everything yeah. you need. And, and that is a fascinating problem. That is a strong point in the game. But as you point out, and it's a specifically a, a very approachable, understandable mechanic. There's nothing about that mechanic that is difficult for anyone who plays this game to figure out. 
They might have a few little things they got to work out, but it, it's intuitive. It responds the way you think it should. And you, the complexity is in chaining it together and supplying it. Yeah. And like making choices about, do I want to build, uh, do I want to make drinking water with PG or without PG and all these other trade-offs when making the same supply chain in different ways based on your resources, your circumstances, and so on. Yeah, that's that's good complexity. And and I can tell just from CPR's frustration, he's dealing with a complexity which is not approachable, not easy to understand, and which unfortunately involves the opinions of other people. And and probably the biggest crime here is the CPR doesn't like to upset people. And I can sense that. Like he's not trying to piss people off. And there's a frustration that comes with that. But it is a problem if governorship is a black box which requires some complicated spreadsheet and involves counterintuitive rules. Well, and that kind of leads... Oh, sorry. No, please go ahead. Well, I was going to say that kind of leads me on to my next point about this whole shebang in the fact that there's this people component. And, like, I am... I'm a people person at heart. I, I, I'm, I'm... I wasn't at one point in my in my life, and as I've gotten more mature and as I've you know grown up, I guess maybe that's the appropriate word. Uh, you know, I'm 27 now. Um, you know, if you would have asked 20 year old pair, it'd probably be a different story. But I have become very empathetic for people. Um, I have a heart for people, and 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 that's always been kind of my drive. And people are talking about like, oh, can we trust you, pair, and like all this jazz. And I'm like, yeah, like I don't have a propensity to lie to people either. It's not in my it's not in my moral code to lie. But in the same stretch of imagination and the same thing, I do have a, I, I am very shrewd when it comes to business. Um, you know, I have a business degree and, and all this jazz and, you know, um, I've actually helped manage, uh, manage uh, family, uh, family members business before. And, you know, the thing is, is like, I've learned over time is like, um, it, I, this isn't, a, this isn't a charity. You know, this is not a charity. This is not a nonprofit organization. If there was a nonprofit, I would have a whole different mentality, a whole different drive and motivation. But this is a business. And so people coming to me being like, oh, you're raising a tag. And they'll be like, how dare you? How dare you take a 100K profit from our things? Um, You know, like, this is ridiculous, right? And I think to myself, I'm like, so I'm taking how much money from you a day kind of thing, right? Like a, like a couple thousand and how much money are you making? 200, 400, 500, 2 million. Like, so I'm kind of like, and so people are getting pissed off at me and all this jazz because I'm, I'm raising taxes. First of all, I'm, like I said, I'm putting in the chocolate sprinkled donut and I'm seeing what the hell pops out at the other end, right? That's, I think the first thing. Um, so I'm dealing with that, but then it's like, people are getting just like all up in arms. And it's funny because when people were first and Lex, I know you and me kind of joked about it too, about, you know, like I said, like, I'm going to raise taxes, I'm going to raise taxes. And it's funny because like, it was more of like, it was more of a joke. It really was. It was kind of more of a meme. It was more of a meme than anything else. It was like raising taxes, all, all parents going to raise taxes. I wasn't expecting to raise taxes. I wasn't, I wasn't like. Because if I was, and, and you know, Catones can speak to this, I would have just done it. I would have just like, oh, I'm governor now. Here's the tax raise. No, I waited a week, saw what the finances panned out, saw what the what the cost of all this jazz was, made a spreadsheet, and then said to myself, oh, shoot. Okay, we're $78,000 in the red right now. So I need to fix that. How do I fix that? I'm going to do a 20% bump, see what that does, and see whatever comes out at that end. 
and then from there adjust accordingly. But all these people are getting up in arms, especially because like they feel there's this almost like I feel like this very sort of I don't even know the word to describe what I'm what these what what I'm feeling from people, but it's sort of like you know I I built I built this planet like uh, my my granddaddy built this planet, and how dare you raise taxes? And I'm sort of like okay, I'm the governor now. Like, if you have a problem with what I'm doing, run yourself, right? Run against me and and campaign campaign against me, right? That's good. That's good politics, right? Um, and 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 people are like, oh no, I don't I don't want to raise. I'm like, I don't want to run. I just want to complain. And I'm like, and I hate to say it, and as much as I say I have a heart for people, at some point that does kind of push my patience buttons a little bit. Um, but. Oh. It just hasn't happened. (laughs) If I might express an opinion, if you were losing eighty thousand a week, I could accept you taking eighty thousand loss if there was some benefit to you that justified that expense. Otherwise, it's I I sort of have an issue with the idea of maybe taxing uh, pioneer and settler stuff because that doesn't require a lot of maintenance. But I mean, come on, if you're if you're on one of these infrastructure planets. And you're making your market maker and you're generating your cash and you think the governor should take a loss, that's that's ridiculous, right? I mean, they're doing you they're they're providing a service. Now, this may be one of those cases where other people have governed and taken the I'm gonna take a loss view, and that's just become the thing to do, but that doesn't necessarily follow, right? You have a right to make a profit given the work and effort you're putting in. Then so they, I they, think they, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I think this is one of those the things I alluded to earlier in that um, having a corporation as a particular type of corporation where you have a bunch of people who are all um, producing different things, working together, who are in the same location, share a bunch of planets together, the overall benefit of producing a certain mix in a certain situation on a planet that will cost them in aggregate 100000 perhaps is way outweighed by the benefit that all of them are getting. And so it's very worth it for them. But as an individual governor, like CPAIR, the benefit that you're getting from this is not equivalent to the work you're putting in and the the resources you're supplying. If if PAIR wants to run in a negative, then he needs to basically, nascent mercantile needs to turn Koto into its personal backyard. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. that, That needs to be our room and everybody else can, you know, deal with it right but that's not the way he's running it and he has costs and it's it's not his own backyard now you know other people could have different viewpoint and you know look nobody's gonna like it when their costs go up that's like that people always complain about that but but if you really are legitimately running a loss and you're not getting compensated for that loss that's completely unreasonable well you say legitimately like I don't if have you a reason have, to lie. Like no, no. If you have less money at the end of the week because of the operation, then then that's that's not fair. It just fundamentally, right? People are people are basically freeloading at that point. Well, um, and like that's just the direct cost, but there's also fuel costs and shipping costs and getting all the stuff on the planet. It, it's plus, not there natively. Plus time. Plus know, time. It, yep. Yeah. It, it's what gets me is that every other player expects all their businesses to make profit. Like nobody in this game runs a operation at a negative deliberately then stays in the game. I mean, maybe somebody is because they're just that person, <laughs> right? But but we all run Not our cool. businesses with, 
we all expect that our product is going to sell for more than it costs us to make it. Like we, this is just natural to us. Like why would we do it otherwise? So the idea that a governor would put time and resources in and get nothing back is that's unreasonable. And it, it also doesn't surprise me because we've had other governors clearly just decide they're done. Like it, it's clearly a cost with minimal benefits in a lot of cases. Now, I do think that you've hit on a key point here, Dejos, which is that, and, and maybe Goli could talk about this, it feels like the governorships were intended to be sort of these corporate, we're all going to benefit, and we're just, the governor's just an organizer of the thing kind of, kind of thing. Instead, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily quite that, but that's what it feels like it was designed to be. Well, you know, that's, <clears throat> that was one of the things, actually, I, I didn't want to interrupt you guys because you guys were really rolling with that. So, but one of the things that I'll mention is, is that when, um, I don't know if you guys, if anybody who's not real familiar with the map and, and where everything is, the, um, the area that we went out to for that, for that, uh, that expansion uh, thing that we that went on is Kinza is the, is the planet and it's a tier one planet. So it's, uh, you know, very easy to, to settle and everything and getting it started was very easy. We got our, you know, we got our POs and some settlers and everything and, you know, it was really easy to get going. But then once we actually started putting roots down and we started to say, hey, let's turn this into an area that can actually start producing goods like, you know, like the, like the Moria area and stuff like that, which is where most of us are from, you have to, you have to start and you have to start saying, okay, where are we going to gain how are we going to gain these these um populations and how are we going to keep them there and that's like what you guys are saying you know you can't do that just you can't just say come come work here it's fun no you know they're not just going to start showing up because they want to visit somewhere far away they're you have to provide the infrastructure in order for them to be there and you can't provide the inf the companies regardless of how many companies are in, are in a corporation in that area they're not going to be able to throw the millions of you know currency that it requires to generate this infrastructure out of their you know out of their own pockets because you can't you can't expect one one person or one small group to do that because there's not there's not enough money in it. Um, you have to realize that in order to generate, in order to have your workforce to generate your higher end goods, you need to have the infrastructure to support them. And I think the people, I think one of the problems is the people who probably most complain about the taxes and about you know the the situation about the 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 population is that are the people that don't. They haven't really given much thought to the idea of getting into higher tier stuff. They're they're doing really basic low tier stuff, and they don't. It doesn't it doesn't go. It doesn't really phase into their mind as to, you know, what do I need to run a a, a um, engineer level building, or what do I need to go to the next level and go from generating, go from making, you know, running iron and steel to doing something like you know the golds and stuff like that. They don't care. They're just doing their thing and. The people I I feel because especially when when they were doing when they were expanding out there that was a big discussion where do we set the taxes and how much money do we need and what do we need in order to get the population to where we need to be and then keep it at that spot and when you have that when you have the effort to do that I think that makes a big difference and I think the place like that there was it was it's a very small microchasm compared to those areas that you're talking about, but it's still, 
I think the people, I think the, the silent majority of people who are just, you know, chugging along and, and appreciating the fact that there are, there are engineers and scientists, you're not hearing them because they're just, they're doing the thing. I think you're, you're hearing the few people who are just like, well, I just want to make as much money as possible. Well, that's great. There are other people who have other needs. And I would, I would not, if I were a UC pair, I would not give quite so much credit to the people that are losing, per se, losing their minds on it and just be like, hey, there are needs here. They need to be met. We're trying to meet them. And like you said, if you think you can do it better, feel free, come on up. Otherwise, we're just going to keep, we're going to keep, you know, making these things available. If you want to buy and sell your goods, you're going to need these things here. Well, and I think I that's think the, it, Oh, sorry, Daz. No, nah, go ahead. I was just going to, all I was going to say is I do think that by the time you get into tier three, <laughs> tier four, um, I think people do generally have a much greater appreciation for what it takes to get an infrastructure on a planet to that point. Well, according to Para last week, it's nothing difficult at all, right? <laughs> well, it's it's not. It's not difficult. And the thing is, is I was running, I was running the planet perfectly fine. I got the screens up. It, it's not difficult. It actually, and and you're right, goalie. You're you're 100 right in what you just said there. Unfortunately, that is my maybe personality cr- critique. I am a person that does take criticism pretty hard. Um, like way maybe above what it should be. So like one or two people criticizing me about something, that's like my whole world, right? And you're right. There's literally like 300 people on the planet that are probably just chugging along, just being like, oh, glad to see that the world isn't burning down, right? Um, but it's the one or two vocal people that really have have unfortunately turned me off from ever governing um, a planet like this again. Now, funny enough, you know, when we do move over, like our corporation moves over to maybe like an official manufacturing plant, uh, planet, uh, yeah, there will be costs, right? And it'll be all this jazz and like all, and, but the thing that'll be a lot more sort of, you know, I work with reasonable people, right? Like these people like Lex and others understand there's costs, right? And there's costs associated and, you know, we'll try to donate or any number of things, we'll figure it out. And that's one of the fun problems, right? That we'll experience. But I mean... Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of people that obviously have strong opinions about things. And it's like, and the worst of it all is like, you know, I know, like, so if somebody's like producing EDCs, for instance, right, on Katoa, which is perfectly fine. By the way, there's a ton of engineers on Katoa. Um, You know, they're making like 200,000 a day. So so what what you're saying is be governor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it's a great it's a great idea it's just so much fun i i, I do i i will admit I, it's funny how frustrated you've gotten so quickly and i i i know why because i've i've i know you well enough now to know what upsets you but it is interesting to see it happen so quickly <laughs> well, I, I, just... I mean look i've i there's a reason i didn't go into management like most of my friends in their careers are either in management or highly technical experts, right? And I had that question, do I want to go management? And decided it wasn't my personality to do that. But management sucks. Like, it's hard. And it has a lot of very unpleasant elements to it. And that's just the reality of it. And whenever you're, there's always going to be somebody that's freeloading. That's just going to happen. And if you don't mind, like a five-minute break, we do that. 
Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Uh, we do have some more corporate con stuff to talk about, so we'll take a quick break here. <laughs> 